Podcasting from Astrolab Studios, this is Continuum Drag, a weekly podcast where we revisit sci-fi fantasy and just plain weird shows that have faded from the collective consciousness and didn't quite make the impact that they intended. This week, Justice League of America. Good work, Flash. Thanks. Who do we save next? Storm's over. We're done rescuing people for the day. What was that all about? I don't know, but you think that weatherman's for real? Nobody can manipulate the weather. It's impossible. No. Finding a job is impossible. Still no luck? None. And I just lost my apartment. God knows where I'm going to stay tonight. Oh, would you look at the time? You know, how long do you think somebody can listen to that some more before they fall asleep? Uh, listen, maybe they haven't picked the entire fruit basket. Phoebe! What? Oh, I'll, uh, I'll do it on the way. Maybe I still got a student or two left. Uh, maybe I'm hitting the one as again. <laughs> Welcome to Continuum Drag, the podcast that explores forgotten and overlooked sci-fi television. I'm Luke, here as always with my co-host Jordan. How's it going? Pretty good. Uh, we had a few uh, false starts this week. This will be the third time we've tried to record this episode. It's a few technical glitches this week. Yeah, I think it was maybe fitting for the show that we're watching, sort of because um, we had sort of a colossal mess of, of a week, and I think that's, that's a good uh, precursor to what we'll be talking about. It's true. Um, so, but it's nice because we're still recording remotely as Jordan's out of town. So uh, it's okay. We can we can bounce back. It's really easy. Yeah. <laughs> this week, uh, uh, having just finished Harsh Realm, we're going to take a little break and watch uh, a one-off TV movie slash failed pilot. Uh, we're going to watch Justice League of America. Yeah, and boy, ours as everyone in for a treat for this. Oh man, this movie. Um, I, here's a quick question, actually, and I, I'm complaining but i'm not complaining i guess um are superhero science fiction does this fall under our umbrella well i mean it's i would think it falls under a fantasy you know fantasy comic book i think it's allowed i i I get what you're saying uh in in the strict science fiction no but to be fair some of those things we've watched are so bad like does harsh realm even fall under science fiction it should just fall under like turd fiction am i right zing hashtag turd fiction uh, i'm not complaining i mean we've already watched it and we're gonna talk about it i'm not gonna go watch something else i was just i was thinking about it as i was watching i'm like it is a superhero science fiction i don't know i think once we start started getting into uh, the some of our you know episode 700 we're gonna be start pretty getting pretty a desperate for stuff so uh, uh we'll be probably pushing into some weird genres just to uh just to fill time that's fine i'm sure there's a list somewhere that has like Manimal or something on it, right? No, oh, I do remember Manimal. One day, Jordan. One yeah, day. we'll be listening to Manimal. He becomes different animals, I think. I mean, it's right in the name, I guess. Um, all right, so I guess here's my question for you. Did you know anything about this Justice League of America TV movie before we watched it? When we were first um, talking about different shows we were going to do, this uh, had just kind of popped up as I was looking for just failed kind of tv pilots and that sort of thing and and i had up to that point i had no knowledge of this um i think it really was swept under the rug but uh did you ever hear about it before no i mean I, I i'm not a big superhero guy i mean i i know who the justice league is i don't i don't read a lot of comic books i've seen the uh, Zack snyder justice league movie oh uh, unpopular opinion here i think that's the worst of the dc universe you've really gone out on a limb i didn't actually see it um, because uh, I have, I think we've discussed off the air 
Uh, I have superhero withdrawal, so I can't see any more of these movies. I just, I can't take it anymore. You can just watch Justice League of America, the TV movie. I can watch this. Yeah, this is fine. This is fine. And in a lot of ways, no, I shouldn't say this. In some ways, what they were trying to do is better than the current crop of movies. But in about every other way possible, it's much, much, much worse. (laughs) Well, um, you told me this earlier, but I guess when this was shot, it was supposed to be a TV series. It didn't get picked up. And it actually never aired in America but it was kind of released in Europe and a few other like countries worldwide, but never actually was a TV movie in the States. Yeah, I have a list of uh, the countries it aired in. Do you want to hear them? Yeah, great. It was completed in 1997, and the first country it aired in was Israel on January 13th, 2001, so four years later, and then in Germany on March 26th, 2005. Wow. Um, it also aired in uh, the UK, Puerto Rico, Thailand, Brazil, Uruguay, Poland, Mexico, South Africa, and India. Those are the countries that uh, were uh, the <laughs> got the benefit of getting the to watch this. The lucky few. Not only was it not shown to the audience that, I mean, I don't think this is uh, North American-centric to say, but it was clearly... I mean, it's called Justice League of America. Right. Not only did it not play in America, but it, no one saw it for four years. That, that tells you the level of quality of this show. I was gone, actually, when I was supposed to watch this. I was away, and I, like, watched it in, like, half-hour chunks in a hotel room at midnight for, like, three days in a row. So I have been able to do a lot less research on it. So some of this is still a mystery to me, what I watched exactly. And for that reason, like, normally I would have done a little more digging for us. But I guess uh, since I haven't, and I, I actually thought it was still released in 97, I didn't realize how long it took it to come out. Um, so here, here's my question for you then, Jordan. Assuming this would have been released in 97, uh, what were you doing in Europe in 1997? <laughs> what was I doing in Europe in 1997? I I can't even, you know, it's, it's crazy because that was over 20 years ago now. It's hard for me to even remember what was happening in 1997. I would have been in grade, I don't even know, grade 10 or 11 or something like that. Was that about That's right? That's in Canada. I don't care about that. What were you doing in uh, Israel in 94? Oh, in Israel, I was, well, I had gone to, what do you call the trip? When in 2004? You... Not 94. Yeah. What do you call the trip when, uh, your birthright trip? Rumspringer? No, that's uh, that's the Amish, isn't it? <laughs> that's the Amish. Anyways, I was doing my uh, that in Israel. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I, uh, I was like, I don't know. I couldn't find a date it came out at, so I gave up and just assumed it when it came out in Europe in 97. Uh, in 97, I was also not in Europe, so uh, I have nothing to add to this conversation. Um, but I did do a brief look. Still thinking it had aired in 97. So now that I know it didn't in 2004, this doesn't make a lot of sense. But I kind of had a quick look at some of world events around the time it came out, specifically in Europe. This is still good, though, because it's so painfully late 90s that it could only ever play in the late 90s. So I think I think what you're you're doing is fine. Since I couldn't find the exact date, I just kind of looked at 97 and tried to see what was happening. I just exclusively looked at Europe since that's what I thought it came out in 97 uh, for my lack of research. So I guess what I was able to put together is I figured this show was directly responsible for the death of Princess Di. <laughs> right, yeah. That's it. Uh, you know what? I think uh, worse things have been said about this. I think uh, the car was driving by. They caught a glimpse of this through a window. Maybe it was on an editor's screen as they were preparing it for 2004. She reached over the seat, grabbed the wheel, and said, I can't live in a world that has this show. And just exactly. steer, steered it right into the... What did she crash into? A building? I think it was a tunnel. Hmm. It was very sad. Too soon. Um, but having 
having watched the show, I don't know if I want to live in this world either anymore. <laughs> I yeah. this show. Let's get into it. This this show. Can I mention a few things that I I found was that from the very little bit of research I did, and I didn't do a tremendous amount either. There's two directors on this, and forgive me, I don't know who either of their name is, but uh, the second director was brought in clearly to clean things up and did in such a way that he still wanted his name to be removed from the movie because he still hated it so much. And I have a theory, and we're going to go right into it soon, that all he really shot was the talking heads in a way to try to make things make more sense, but it just makes it, if possible, worse. And one other thing that I want to mention was just just to really wet the whistle of everyone before we start was I put down a few different reviews of the show, if you'll indulge me. Oh, absolutely. I love your review segment. There's only a few of them. The first one is the worst superhero adaption ever. Yep. The second is absolutely horrible. True. The third is fails on every level. A hundred percent. Next is a painful watch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh. And my favorite oh god why (laughs) (laughs) oh man Uh, jordan i'll be honest with you obviously i don't mean this this is the show i signed up the podcast i signed up to do i knew i'd be watching shows like this but every night when i got about five minutes into the 30 minutes i was watching i thought i fucking hate jordan i fucking hate him for making me watch this it's not your fault but i but it is being honest (laughs) It is, there's no question, the worst thing we've watched. There's, it's not even close, right? I cursed you perpetually. <laughs> I didn't make it. I know. You just suggested it, and somehow that, like, transferred all my hatred still on. That's how bad it is. <laughs> yeah. You didn't even know. You didn't even know it was going to be this bad. No, still, I didn't. It had to go somewhere. I, I knew about 10 seconds into watching it. I thought, uh, oh, no. I, I had the same. I was, oh, God, why? That was for me. All right. Uh, let me do the IMDb synopsis for it, and then we'll get into the ep- the, uh, the the movie. Justice League of America. An evil weatherman intent on destroying New Metro City with a series of malevolent meteorological mishaps? Question mark. Can the super-powered and semi-employed Justice League of America save the day? Question mark. Or will New Metro be drowned in a humongous tidal wave? Question mark. That's really long. Yeah, and all question marks in the synopsis. Also, bonus bonus trivia here. That synopsis is written by a John Johns, Martian Manhunter from the movie. Hmm, interesting. Interesting. I think he had so many questions because he actually didn't want to watch it either. All right, I mean, where to begin? Let's just get through it. Let's just whip through it. I'll do, I'll do my best. I kind of have broken this down in, in what I'm hoping will be the easiest way to go. I just want to say off the top, though, when the opening credits for this started, I couldn't decide whether I was watching. I was like, is this a fan fiction film or am I watching like a Tim and Eric bit? Like, it's so it's so cheap. The production values, the uh, the acting, the special effects, any sort of production value, graphics, any everything is so low and so cheap looking. You have seen better things on YouTube, guaranteed. Everything is bad about it. Like you, you can't, you can't pick one department that didn't drop the ball from hair to makeup to camera to. I'm sure the grips and lighting. They didn't know what they were doing. It just. I'm telling you, there's not, there's not a re- redeeming aspect to this whole movie. Did we mention costumes? The costumes are the quality of something you get at Halloween, and and they're as ill-fitting. 
Well, let me let me get started here. Like the the show opens on you alluded to earlier. It starts on like a news magazine style interview segment, and they kind of interview all the heroes in their sort of what, what do you call it? Their alter ego, their like regular person mode. Yeah, their alter ego. They're interviewing them as if they're in a news magazine show talking about being a superhero with like chirons up of their name, their occupation, their uh, their actual superhero names. But it never leads into any, like it's just weird cutaways to just them talking about stuff. It's used as a bit of a narrative device where they've gone to the which has in, in since then become a bit of a. A cliche in comedies after the office where which is you know talking directly to camera it's that same sort of device but in this sense it's very weird because i think with the exception of maybe one or two times it never progresses the plot or tells you anything about the character uh so it's just quite literally just filling time like i think at one point they just there's a bunch of them and they just are like yeah so like we live together and then and then they just cut to something else there's just there's no, no point for the talking heads other than uh, to kind of showcase their quirky personalities, which don't uh, shine through at all. Well, it is almost entirely unrelated to the plot. That's for sure. I mean, what they felt like to me is they felt like someone did a table read and they wanted the actors to improv in character to like get into the mood of who these people were because it didn't they didn't seem written. It felt like the actors were trying to like improv what their relationships were like. It does feel like that. Again, I think I said it earlier. My feeling is these were added as a way to clean up what was a mess that was shot, but it it doesn't help at all. Like you could cut these out and it doesn't take or add anything from the rest of the show. It would add a shorter runtime. That'd be fucking amazing. <laughs> That's, that is true. So I take that back. All right. I'm, what I'm going to do is before we get into the plot, I let's just get into our justice league i think this is the easy way to do it is to look at the five members of the justice league yeah just so we know who the characters are maybe get into a little bit of this plot afterward if you think batman superman or wonder woman are gonna be this yeah they're not we're we're, go- we're going solid b and d list d list superheroes here so our first superhero is ice or uh, uh, also known as tori Ulfspotter, a meteorologist so I, I know that I read more comics than you do, and I have a passing familiarity with Justice League, and this is actually a little bit more Justice League International if we want to be really nerdy about it, but I actually didn't even know a bunch of these characters. I've, I assumed she was a created character for the TV show because she's so stupid, but no, she's an actual comic book character, So and all of them are. I looked it up too because I because there's another character named Fire and I just was like oh uh, they just made these two characters out of whole cloth to fill out space because they didn't get enough of the license but no apparently these are real characters. I thought the same thing because there's so many other characters that have been members of the Justice League at some point that they could pull from but they were like hey what about a character that literally no one cares about and has never cared about and we got two of yeah. them. Yeah uh, and this movie is that is basically her origin story like we're gonna learn how she gets her powers how she joins just like this whole this whole tv movie is basically ice's origin story so for the most of it she's like not in the justice league yeah she's the main character and uh what's her power jordan can can you guess audience shout it out (laughs) i know uh well clearly her power is she is able to make ice (laughs) she makes things cold it never explains in this uh how she does it She's just always confused about it. She's like, did I do that? <laughs> that's, that's, that's the entire time. 
That's true. It's true. Um, the next the next guy we get to meet in these interview segments is the Flash, Barry Allen, current occupation unemployed. Yeah, they they really try to push, and this is the first instance I think we get in the show that dare I say this is a really weak attempt to kind of friendsify the show. They really have the characters like they're really quirky, but they're normal people, and they hang out in all an apartment together. Um, and he's sort of like your I don't know Joey of the group. He's sort of dumb and he's unemployed and he says funny things and he can't stop eating. <laughs> and it's and they're and they're they're all like that. And the whole show has this weird desire to keep putting in these sort of sitcom tropes for no reason. And anyways, he's sort of a character that he's like a lovable oaf. Can you believe it? Who's he's nothing like Barry Allen in the comics, by the way. Yeah, he's he's unemployed. He has to move in with a bunch of the other ones because he has no place to live. He gets kicked out. And like the second he showed up at that apartment, like my I wrote it down too. He's I'm like this is just Joey from Friends. Like this is like they couldn't get Matt LeBlanc. Or in reality, you know what this is really like? I realized this show is more like. An in Friends episode where Joey got a job making a Justice League TV show, and this was the fake show they wrote inside the show, and then someone edited it together into a movie. That's pretty good. That that is the quality of this is the same. It's like we have a few bucks. Can we shoot something that's going to be shown on the TV in the background of our real TV show? And have we have we mentioned the, the '90s fashion? Everyone's wearing like bowling shirts, and uh, it just it it's so clearly like friends is popular please let's make everything look like friends did you see the flash's earring i you know, i didn't actually notice that one earring and it's a lightning bolt is it really yeah he also wears red all the time he has a real power rangers thing where he can only wear the color of his costume even when he's in his alter ego a big part of his character is that he can't hold a job um what are the, some of the jobs he got during the movie jordan oh he uh i think he tried being a mailman or postal worker excuse me but he was too fast, so the union threw him out. Yeah, they threw him out. What else did he try to do? I can't even remember now. What are the other ones? He met a waiter, and he tried to ask the waiter if the waiter could get him a job. That's right, yeah. And when the show ends, he says, I'm a counselor at a group home now. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He he, he finally found what he's good at. I don't know how his speed helps there, but... I don't... I, I, I feel like if the show had continued, he would have immediately been fired from that, too. I feel like that was going to just be the whole thing. I'll give him this. The actor really was trying to do something with the very little he was given. Now, I don't think any of it works, but I I don't know if I blame him. It's just, it's terrible. All right. Our third Justice League member was the Green Lantern, Guy Gardner. In this show, a software salesman. Okay. Uh, excuse me for my bit of nerdy nerdy thing here, but he's he's kind of wearing a mix of two different Green Lantern costumes here, <laughs> which I found weird. He's wearing a mix of Guy Gardner's and Kyle, uh, I think it's Kyle Reiner. Rainer is it's a different. Kyle Reiner. Yeah. And yeah, Kyle Reiner, the uh, the comedian <laughs> that everyone knows. He's a weird amalgamation of those two and also uh, Hal Jordan, I think is what they're going for. But y- you get this weird composite character who he's supposed to be like a suave ladies man. Um, but he's also, he's the, um, who's the other character in Friends? Chandler? Yeah, he's the Chandler. Isn't he Chandler? I, I never no. really watched Friends. No. He doesn't, I mean, that's his whole thing, is that, like, his defining character trait is he's got woman problems. Like, that's the whole thing. Like, that's his whole subplot, which I'm not even going to talk about, but he just keeps trying to go on a date with this lady. What it is, is he keeps having those classic moments of every time he's on a date, he's got to go save the world, and she never catches because she catches on because she's stupid. 
Because it's very clear. He's like, they, they'll be sitting at a restaurant and there'll be something on the news. It's like, oh, there's a, you know, a earthquake. And then he's like, I got to go. And Green Lantern shows up and then he comes back and he's like, sorry, I was gone for 10 minutes there. It's like, come on. Anyway, yeah, su- enough of that. That's Superman syndrome. Yeah, exactly. I will note you, you were talking about complaining about the costume. The only note I made about the costume was uh, it looks like some sort of latex fetish wear from the internet. <laughs> <laughs> it's bad. It's really bad. He He may have... I don't know if it's the worst. No, I think the Flash has the worst costume because it looks like something from a Halloween store. Well, it does look like the Flash's costume look like pajamas. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I, one last thing I want to talk about on the Green Lantern before we move on. So, I mean, you can correct me how this exactly works, but his his ring tur- is able to like create like things out of it, like little green things. What the ring is supposed to do is anything he can imagine, the ring can create. So if he he needs a net, it creates a net. If he needs a big sword, it will create a sword. If he needs whatever. And so it's infinite. You can create so many different things with that. And they have him, I think, use a lasso. And I was going to say, I, I wrote down it. my favorite things he turned his ring into. Yeah, what were those? They're stupid, all a of he- them. A helicopter. He turned it into a helicopter? Yeah, that's how he flew away. He turned into a little. He turned it into a little spinning. Oh right, propeller. yeah. I know he turned it into an umbrella, and that was annoying. He turned it in. Yeah, he turned it into an umbrella. He turned it into a keychain so he could get a key to open a door. FYI, it didn't work. I don't remember that. He tried to get in a door, so he turned. He used his ring to get a little keychain. None of the keys worked on it though. Whereas he could have like he could have made it to a giant fist and just smashed the door open. But my favorite one is uh, near the end. He used it to turn it into a chainsaw, which he threatened a villain with. It's so bad. It's just, it was bad. I, I'm just gonna keep repeating that because there's there's no redeeming qualities in this in this uh, TV pilot at all. All right, the next the next hero was Fire, BB uh, DeCosta. Her job is she's an actress, a struggling actress. Well, I didn't say that on the Chiron. <laughs> Again, another character I don't I don't remember from uh, the comic books, but. Um, what what are her powers, Jordan? I don't even know. She does she make fire? Does the, does she ever use her powers? Yeah, she she basically is a fire starter, and also she can fly. The only thing I really liked about her was there's a little subplot for her that is is her identity uh, compromised, and they've got to kind of do a little thing there to. But which which I like though because her costume her costume literally doesn't have a mask. She just has makeup on her cheeks, so there's no way you would ever think it's not her. And I just thought of all the characters to to pick to have this plot line. Why would they pick the character who doesn't wear a mask? Yeah, I mean, I'm actually just going to talk about her subplot now because it's so irrelevant to the show. But like, she's an actress and she goes out to like an audition. Uh, I love the audition. She goes, she's dressed up as a fruit at the audition. Yeah, it's like the people making the, making the movie had never seen a commercial before because it looked like like they were uh, auditioning for a, like a children's play. It looked like a Fruit of the Loom commercial. But when she's there, she asks someone what it is, and the person's like, oh, it's for a national spot, and you get all the fruit you can eat for a year, <laughs> at which point she reveals a big character trait is she's allergic to vitamin C. Did she say that? I don't remember that at all. Yeah, it's very funny. But then, yeah, she like... That's an interesting character trait, though, because I've never... I can never... I can't think of another character on a TV show that is also allergic to vitamin C. <laughs> yeah. And then she like stumbles and falls into this some young guy who actually the actor who plays him is a good actor. He was actually in um, the David second Adams Family movie. Yes, David Crumholtz. Good actor. Yeah, he's really good. Actually, and I actually think 
the actress who plays her, uh, Michelle Hurd. I think she's actually a pretty good actress too. I would say she's doing the most of anyone in this pilot. Like, I liked her the most. There's a few people we can say real quick. We've mentioned uh, uh, Green Lantern was played by Matthew Settle. He's done quite a bit of stuff. The rest of them, not so much. Um, and uh, we'll we'll get to the other ones we'll later. We'll get to but, Adam in a second. Yeah. Oh, anyways, sorry. Move on. But there's a few there's a few pretty decent actors in here that are better than the show deserves. She actually is in uh, the Netflix Marvel shows, um, Daredevil and stuff. Oh, is that right? Yeah, she's in a lot of shows. Like, I, I realized watching, I'm like, oh, I know her from a lot of stuff. And she's a very good, she's better than this material for sure. And I mean, I think if you look at her on DB, you can see she's like doing quite well for herself. She probably doesn't want to talk about this too much. I also, I also felt uh, Fire was the most useful character in the entire Justice League. Well, really, Green Lantern should be, but they don't know how to use his powers at all. He was so, in this show, totally useless. He's totally useless. And here's the thing. He could have stopped this all by himself in this show if they had actually just had him use his ring properly. But uh, whatever. It doesn't matter. This, it's not even worth going over. So our final Justice League hero is Adam. Real name, Ray Palmer, a science teacher. Mm-hmm. What are his powers, Jordan? He can shrink. Here's what you always have to remember about DC and Marvel. I know people really want to go on one side or the other. But they're all rip-off characters of each other. So he's essentially Ant-Man. It's the same character. The effect when he shrunk, they did this little, like, atom swirl around him. It was the best effect they used in the entire show. It was still very cheesy, but, like, it was the best effect for him shrinking. I would say when they all first show their powers, it's my favorite part of the show. And his particular, because he shrinks and goes under a deck to save a cat. And it looks so bad that it's funny. And I think that was the highlight of the show for me. It was very funny when he shrunk down. He's like, I'm going to save that cat. And all he does, he runs under there and he like pulls on the cat's tail till it leaves on his own accord. Yeah, that's never going to help a cat. No cat's going to go with you if you pull its tail. It was just he, he annoyed it out front of the porch. But yeah, this is the level of superheroing they're doing, basically. That's something we should mention right now. And I know I'm cutting you off for a couple of your characters, but what's weird is how low the stakes are overall for the show and also when they show the things that they're doing as normal superheroes it's literally stuff like getting cats out of trees you know walking a kid across the street it's it's the most basic duties that a superhero could ever do and and they thought yes let's film these and and uh we'll really show what a superhero is like one thing about adam i really liked that they mentioned but didn't actually do is at some point he says that this power to shrink and he says sometimes when he comes back to regular size that not everything returns to full size. Yeah. And I I really wanted them to get way more into that. I was sure they were going to put in a bad dick joke there, but they didn't go that way. Not not this show, my friend. I don't tonally I'm not like it's somewhere between a bad sitcom and just like really low-end children's television. Like I don't know who this is for. If this was a movie, the rating would be G. Right? It's not even PG. This must have been for, like, small children. I don't think it was intended that way, but that's who would still turn it off. One thing about Adam, and it's really funny because it happens less in the show, but in these, like, interspersal interviews they do with him, it really starts coming out. And his character is really portrayed as this very toxic nice guy like that just that like internet meme of a nice guy like he really wants to get with fire and she just keeps saying he's a good friend and he's really nice and he's like yeah nice is sexy and he like just seems like a real creep 
I, I think you're right. I'll correct one thing. He wants to get with ice, not fire. Oh, sorry. You're right. Ice, not fire. It's okay because they're interchangeable because they're not real characters. There's nothing interesting about them. But yes, you're right. They He sort of uh, really leans heavy on the uh, woe is me. You know, I'm smart, but and because of that, no one likes me. Yeah, I'm smart and nice. Why, why didn't she want to go out with me? And like he's saying it to her face. It's so weird. Actually, there's one interview with them, which was like, I was just like, what? the fuck is happening here but she starts talking about a time that he shrunk down and he sh- that adam shrunk down so ice froze him in an ice cube and then put that ice cube in her friend's drink so that she could freak her friend out by putting this man in an ice cube in her drink and i'm like what is happening in this like, it, like they talk about it for a good three minutes i'm like what yeah there's there's a lot of that in the show where it's i don't know it, it's not non sequiturs but they're they're things like that they talk about stories or they talk about these kind of funny things instead of actually showing you any of that. And it's, it's just very, very odd because they want to, I don't know, I guess they want to be showing the characters, but it, it never get, gets past the surface level. I, I, I honestly just feel like this was filler to reach runtime. It, it could be. It adds nothing. It's not interesting. It's, and like that story about the time she shrunk him down and put him in an ice cube is apropos to literally nothing. Yeah. No, you're right. I don't know. Um, and also, I enjoyed they, they gave him a quick origin story of how he got his powers. Um, and he was using a Geiger counter where he found a very radioactive rock. And he's just like, I couldn't help myself. I just started picking it up and rubbing it. Isn't it weird, though, that he was the only one that they showed his origin? Like, it looked like a thing where they were going to do a quick flashback to all of them. But I think he's the only one where they showed it, right? Only one they did before. Yeah, it was weird. Oh, that's not true. I think they might have shown fire as a child lighting a Christmas tree on fire. Mm, I think she just talked about it. No, I actually, I feel like they showed it. I mean, it wasn't well good enough for me to imagine it in my mind. I'm not going to argue with you, but I will, uh, again, plead ignorance because I was so bored that I most likely just tuned out. I will say this is the best part of Adam is the actor who plays him is the Crypt Keeper. That's right. Yeah, he's he's a voice actor is what he's mostly known for. I actually looked at photos of the Crypt Keeper. I, I think there's a chance it's that guy in makeup. Oh, do you, do you think? No, I think the Crypt Grim Creeper was, uh, wasn't he a puppet of some sort? I'm wondering if he's a puppet in some of them and some of them they use his face. I could be wrong, but like I went to his IMDb and was comparing the Crypt Keeper to his face. And I'm like, oh, this this could be him still. It's, it's uh, I don't know how to pronounce the last name, but it's John Kassir or John Kasser, who's who you're yeah. discussing. I could, I could be wrong, but uh, they're, they definitely modeled the face after his, if, if it wasn't his face itself. That's the least flattering thing you could say about the poor man. That they bit, that they oh. paste the grim creep, grim keeper on his face. No, the least flattering thing I could say about him is that he was in Justice League of America. Oh, hashtag too soon. That's what the kids um, say. And then there is one last part of Justice League, and that is I know what you're gonna say. I was excited. The Martian Manhunter, yeah, whose name I guess is John Johns. Jo- is, yeah, John Jones. I mean, I, I assume that was spelt like it sounds, but it's in fact spelled J O N N j hyphen o n z he's trying he's trying to write in 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 martian translate to english you know give him a break oh is this a name he gave himself i think i can't remember i i'm sorry my martian manhunter memory is uh, just illiterate it's not where it once was but but we should say played by and i and i feel bad because i really like this actor but it's david ogden steers who played the role and uh he's not cast well because I mean, the guy had to be at least 60 when they when they did this. 
this actor who Jordan's referring to is uh, from MASH. He played uh, Mar- Major Charles Winchester. Yeah, and he's and he's done a lot of like cheesy science fiction over the years. So it's not like he. Uh, this was, uh, I think, a huge embarrassment for him. But uh, it's just it's just a shame because he's a good actor, and they just he's he's literally there to kind of push the plot forward. But the, the funny thing about it is, the whole show kind of does this tease that you're gonna who is this guy and, and you're gonna see him and they keep and, and it's like it's gonna be the most disappointing reveal ever and of course it is because it's bad makeup on poor on poor uh david ogden steers and uh he's kind of overweight so they've they've tried to tr- tried to do a bit of a marlon brando thing where they shoot him in shadow um and it there's just, it one looks- shot where they literally show his gut and i'm like oh poor martian man under sort of shape I know, and it's like it's like just don't use that shot. But I and again, he's he's not particularly bad in the role. It's just it look he looks so dumb, and the character doesn't really. They he's sort of treated as the leader of the group, and he's like a he's a father figure. He's like he's like Splinter or one of these other leaders of the group. He brings a lot of gravitas to it too. Like he does he he does bring like a certain gravitas to it uh, until the one moment cuz they wrap up this plot for fire where she this guy may discover her identity who wants to date her and they wrap that up by having Martian Manhunter show up and like I guess morph into an identical version of her so that he's like, "Oh, I guess you're not fire." And then as he walks away in in his like male voice in his female body, he's like, "These costume really must chafe your thighs." Yeah. Then that's this show. That's about as funny as this show gets. But I was like, you're not wearing the costume. You've morphed. Your entire body's morphed into that. You you wouldn't know this well, show. Well, I mean, if we're going to start picking at things. <laughs> All right. Let's get into it then. I'm going to get into the plot of this. I'm going to try to move through it as quickly as I can because it's a lot of nonsense. But essentially, there's an arch villain named the Weatherman who's threatening New Metro um, with weather-related attacks. Question, Jordan. Mm-hmm. Is New Metro a thing in the DC universe? Or is no. this just like a fake city they made up? I'm almost positive, and please feel free to email us and let me know if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure it's it's a it's a nothing city. I know that, you know, there's obviously this metropolis in Gotham City, and I think the, the Flash is from Key City, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but I, I don't think this is a... I think they just made this up. Yeah. I mean, I thought they made the superheroes up, so there you go. It doesn't It doesn't really matter, because it's not like the city has any feeling. It's clearly just Vancouver. Yeah, it's true. How many of these terrible shows have been shot in Canada now? Oh, I, I don't think... Do you not know this? It's going to be most of them. Oh, that's that's so disappointing. Like, that's what Vancouver does. That's its job. Well, maybe, I don't know if any more, but I know at one point they were sort of the bad sci-fi capital of the world. Still are, baby. Still are. (laughs) Well, anyways, they should be very proud of this one because this is a real bad sci-fi. Anyway, um, Ice works at this meteorological institute for this dude named Eno. She has a bunch of coworkers. One of them is put in as a red herring, but uh, we figured out pretty quickly uh, that her boss, Eno, is the weatherman. This Played guy by. who's threatening the city. Oh, yeah. Uh, what's his name? Michael Ferrero? Yeah. Uh, Miguel Ferrer, yeah. Oh, there we go. Sorry. Miguel. Yeah, great great actor who who's like, seems like his whole career is he just plays assholes. That's like his thing. But he's, he's a good actor and he's good in those roles. Yeah, and I mean, he's good in this as far as you can be good in this. And like, he plays her boss and like, I guess he's supposed to be a love interest for her. It never really, like, there's no connection there, but it, like, seems like they're toying with the idea. Yeah, you're right. The dialogue sort of seems like that's what they're going for, but it's never realized at all. You don't know he's the weatherman until later on, but the reveal of it is one of my favorite things in the show because 
uh, what you have is the weatherman is, as you know, supervillains do, he's he's appearing on big screens around the world saying, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that with the weather, and I'll create a tornado or whatever. And so it's always a shot of him talking directly to camera. And when they do the reveal of him and show that that it's it's her boss that is the weatherman it's him and he's holding a camera himself but like on a uh, on a steady cam he's he's like he's like doing everything himself he's like holding booms and everything and it's like why don't you just put those on on a tripod there's no reason for him to have, have to have gone through all this trouble to hold this camera and do all this work himself he's got a steady cam on selfie mode i guess he's managed to turn around to point back at him and what was interesting is in the videos that's showing everywhere it's not his face on those videos. It's it, what you see is a guy in kind of classic terrorist outfit, like a scarf wrapped around his face with a hood on and like sunglasses. You can't really see his face like classic TV terrorist. But when you see him with the camera, it's just his face looking at right at the camera. So I guess his camera has like an Instagram terrorist filter that just like covers him up. Yeah. Well, I, th- I think that's what they're implying is that somehow the camera is able to put a filter on and and, and disguise his face. Anyway, well, Ice is kind of like at her job. She stumbles across his weather manipulation machine. And in, uh, I think you'll enjoy this, Jordan, but um, in true Jake Cardigan fashion, she spills a coffee on it and it uh, turns her into a superhero by setting up like the coffee falls on it. It haywires and she gets zapped. And so now she has freezing power. I don't know in the comics how she gained her powers, but this is a very Silver Age sort of, you know, uh, scientific accident creation of powers and it's so stupid because there's no explanation at all but it's like it's just one of those tonal issues with the show where this seems like something that should have been in like a 1950s kind of thing but they're doing it here in the 90s yeah it's just very like oh you have superheroes because accident in science everyone knows that if you spill coffee on a briefcase a little laser will come out and give you uh, ice powers that are very vague at best she sometimes makes doorknobs freeze by accident um anyway uh the weatherman he keeps attacking the city with a variety of weather-related catastrophes hurricanes hail etc the stakes couldn't be lower they're they're all very minor weather things he's like and here comes drizzle you're like yeah okay that's fine and we kind of went through some of the things they do to save people like the cat and like just like the flash running backward around a hurricane to unravel it question mark i didn't know what he was doing there but he it seemed effective also, can we mention, and this may be a little bit mean, but the Flash is a little bit pudgy, right? He's, a, he's got to eat a lot to keep the metabolism up. Like, I don't know if they added that as a thing. Like, because yeah, his character is like, I can't stop eating because of my metabolism. But it's he should be burning it really quickly. It looks like he's eating a lot and not burning any of those calories. Well, that's subplots in uh, the Zack Snyder movie, actually. Is it? Yeah, the Flash constantly needs to eat. That, that's what you want from your superheroes. You want all that stuff dissected because that's what's interesting about them. It's canon, baby. It's canon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, who cares? My favorite weather-related thing that happened in this show, though, which like I laughed out loud and went back and watched a couple more times, was at some point Green Lantern has to run away from another one of his dates because he has to go fight him when the hail's starting. Mm-hmm. And then he runs off, and the girl he leaves there like in the hailstorm is just like, super pissed off. She's like, well, I'm leaving. And she walks off through the hail, and the hail is like baseball size, and it like smashes her in the face. And they cut to a wide shot, and she slips and falls so hard. It's just like the funniest <laughs> slapstick collapse. Ah, oh, man, I I laughed and laughed, and had to keep going back to watch her just like get smashed in the face and then fall over. It was like the weirdest like Three Stooges bit in the middle of this thing. And uh, sadly, the actress died during that. That's not true. No, it's not true. Jordan. 
I blame Shatner. <laughs> I did like, though, after they like kind of defeat any of these attacks, they all gather basically in an alley and start changing their costumes in a dirty alley. Like, it's just like they seem like such low-rent superheroes. Well, that that is sort of uh, the feel they're going for, that all of these superheroes are kind of down on their luck. Because, again, they're playing this sort of mid-20s people hanging out in what is essentially new york city i know it's not new york city but uh it's that sort of feel and they're and they're but they're superheroes but they're not really good at it and it's just and yeah they have scenes like this where they're all changing in the alley and i guess it's supposed to be funny but it just is weird because why would they do that anyway i mean you're right like they spend most of their time when they're not superheroing heroing they all hang out at the green lantern in adam's apartment those two guys are roommates together and it's just them hanging out and it just feels very much like friends in those sequences. Like they just like talk about stuff and they like watch the news and see that like people that ice is freezing lakes and they have to go find her and like help her. And like it's it's a lot of them just hanging out, having goofy conversations. They spend way more time out of costume than they do in costume. For the best. Yeah, I, I suppose. Although like... If you're going to do a superhero show, at least have them be superheroes. Like, I don't want to see them. Wa- they're literally watching TV at one point. Like, that's the most boring thing ever. I will say that part was one of my favorite parts. They watch an entire Pocket Fisherman commercial. Like, from start to finish, they watch an actual commercial for a real Pocket Fisherman device. I'm like, I remember that commercial. And it's not like they show a second of it. They sit there for 30 seconds watching the entire commercial. And there's another point, too, because there's so much of them just watching TV in the show, where at one point their TV breaks. Like, this is this is at the low stakes out of the show. They're waiting for a repairman to come fix their TV because it's broken. And one of the characters, I don't know, I didn't write down who said it, but he says, you got to fix the TV. We're going to miss Touched by an Angel. Oh, right. I forgot. And I thought, oh, that, that reference has not aged well. Oh, man. This show is hilariously weird. It's so weird. But yeah, they they catch a news report that Ice has frozen a lake to save someone and they decide they better look in to see if she's, I don't know, evil. So they abduct her in the middle of the night. Yeah, that was odd. It was a very creepy sequence of them abducting her and then they return her home after they finished questioning her and they, they think she's not a threat. And like she wakes up first in a nightmare where she's frozen and then she wakes up properly and she delivers the line to her dog. No more pepperoni pizza before bed. <laughs> well, because she's she's sort of a hapless sort of nerd, right? So that's what they would eat before bed, I guess. Anyway, since they're still trying to figure out who the weatherman is, they decide to infiltrate a fundraiser that's happening at her job, the Meteorological Institute. Um, and now we kind of get to see like them all using their powers to kind of try to sneak into this uh, benefit they're Can not I jump invited in real to. Quick here because this is a bit of a crux of the whole show is this what 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 is their their company called uh the eno meteorological okay, i wasn't ever quite clear and maybe this is just me but what do they ever do because they keep talking about like this is a fundraiser and they keep talking about they need funding but for what they seem to just make weather inventions like one guy who works there has made something to predict the weather they at some point they watch a hurricane and they're like, oh, we should harness that for its power. Like they're just like, yeah, that's what I mean. They just say it's the and I go, but what what does your company do? Are you are you an energy company? Are you literally just providing information for news outlets? Are you? It just was a weird thing, and they and it's weird that they wouldn't mention specifically what they actually do because it's the driving force of this plot is that the bad guy wants money 
for his meteorological company. Yeah, it's very unclear that the, I guess that was what he wanted, but I did not understand what his motivations were. Well, yeah, it was very weird. But yeah, they infiltrate this fundraiser for this company and they all kind of like use their powers to get in. Like the atom shrinks real small and like goes in in someone's bag and Green Lantern uses his ring to steal someone's ticket out of their back pocket and the Flash kind of just runs past the bouncer because he's so fast and, you know, fire because she's a lady just flirts. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But so they all get in this party. Uh, Adam uses the opportunity to like shrink down to like sneak into some back offices so he can like look at some computer files to see if he can find some things. And there's a sequence here where he shrinks down and he's going to go to the computer files and he sees there's lasers across this doorway. So he shrinks down real small to get under the lasers. And as he's going under them, they start playing Calypso music and he starts limboing under the lasers to Calypso music and like just dancing around. And I just wrote down in my notes, I just wrote, I hate this. <laughs> it's funny. I had it. I was yelling at the TV when I was watching it. Just like, like, just go, just get into the room. Like, why are you wasting more time? Like, it's just, it's like, it almost felt like the people making the show were actively trying to irritate the viewer at this point. Every time I watched it, I would feel a certain level of just like, not, I guess anger, but like also anxiety. Like, I felt like, this was a joke someone was playing on me. What I was watching was somehow a prank that I wasn't in on and someone was just trying to get me. But it's it's a prank that ends up not being funny. You know, it's like one of those things where at the end you're like, that that wasn't funny. No one, no one enjoyed that. Yeah, like the prank was, I made you watch this. Aren't you stupid? <laughs> exactly, yeah. Anyway, Ice catches Adam as he's like infiltrating the computer and he's like, oh, your boss is evil. And this is kind of when she figures out her boss is the weatherman and like she finds him trying to shoot his threatening video, which was insane. We've already kind of got into that, so I'll skip past it. Um, But she kind of like at this point has the opportunity to join the Justice League. They're like, you got great powers. You know your boss. We can use you to help defeat him. So they take her to their secret base. Jordan, tell everyone about this secret base. Is this when they go under the water? Yes. So they take like, a, I was an elevator. They take an elevator to this underground base. And I mean, one thing is, is it very clear that it couldn't be more clear that it's a set. It looks like they spend about $5 on it. Jordan, you're missing, you're missing the deep, deep mythology. What is it? They, uh, they do take a big elevator under the water, but what they get to is a big spaceship under the water that's like shaped like a whale that yeah. Martian Manhunter arrived in. Yeah. Is that part of the mythology? Yeah, it's a big spaceship. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, because he's a Martian. Yeah. There we are. <laughs> anyway, this is kind of where they start training her to be able to use her powers, and they, she gets to meet the Martian Manhunter. And uh, it's very funny because she says, you're the second Martian I've ever met or alien I've ever met. Did she say that? Yeah. Didn't you not catch who the first alien she met was? No, who was it? She said Leonard Nimoy. Oh, that's right. That's right. I forgot. Yeah, that's, yeah. That was another hilarious joke. I forgot. Sorry. This show, (laughs) I don't know what it is specifically about this, and maybe this is just my own reaction. I feel like I watched this show like three years ago. Just disappeared. It's just, it's disappeared. So you're saying things and I have vague memories of it. I only watched it a couple days ago, but it's just, it, none of it is, it's like my brain is actively trying to push it out of my memory. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, this is kind of, they do a big uh, training sequence with her, which I just was felt interminably long. It just 
kept going. They kept training her to use her ice powers. At which point, like, the weatherman has actually put a tracker on her. So now she knows where the... Now, sorry. Now he knows where the Justice League is hiding. So the weatherman, like, attacks them with a heat ray or something. Yeah, he, he shoots a laser into them. I don't know why he has that. He does. It doesn't really hold them up too much. Like, they, they, they use the same trick that the TV repairman used to fix their TV to escape the ship. And then they kind of go off to finally, like, fight the weatherman who's... Uh, I guess somehow he wants $20 million or he's going to let this tidal wave hit New Metro. Though I don't know how he was going to stop the tidal wave that he has started because it was a huge tidal wave. Also, I don't know what what the benefit is for him because it would feasibly destroy his building. The whole thing that he keeps, what he's secretly doing is trying to raise money through illegal means to keep his actual legitimate business going. But if he's just going to destroy the city, then there goes his business. It's stupid. You know what? I, for the life of me, could not figure out what he was doing any of this for. But thank you. That actually clarifies that for me. It doesn't matter because it doesn't really make sense. It's true. All right. I want to see if you can remember what happens here. Because each of the members of Justice League deal with this tidal wave in their own different way. Do you, do you, do you know what they all did? Well, end with ice, obviously. I remember that the Flash... Um, he decides to save children. He's is as many children as he can carry, and he ch- carries like five, and he runs away, and then he gets another five, and then he runs away. I know that he does that. Well, I'm gonna stop you for one second there because he gets away with four children. He comes back for the fifth, and when he gets there, like an entire classroom of children have joined that fifth child, and he gives up. He just does turns he really? around. He just turns around with the kids and looks at the tidal wave that's about to hit them and just kind of like despairs. Like he gives up immediately. There's just too many children. To be fair to the flash, he's had a rough time with work. He has meal to land a job. You know, it's not been going well for him. I mean, he complains about that nonstop, nonstop. That's his character. That's his character trait. That's the only thing he does is he complains about not having a job. Green Lantern can't make it with the ladies. Uh, flash can't get a job. And so speaking about Green Lantern, what does he try to do? I can't remember. Green Lantern confronts the weatherman. So this is where he takes out his chainsaw and kind of like shines it at him. And like, he's like, give me the weather machine. And the weatherman just like throws it off the side of the building and it breaks. I'm just like, you have a magic ring. You could have grabbed that. I love that. It was actually a really telling scene that the villain Green Lantern's on on the like platform with him. And he's like, give me the detonator button or whatever it is. And, And the guy's like, no. And he's like, give it to me. And so he just takes it and he just throws it. And then Green Lantern's like, man, I couldn't get it. And it was just like, he's he thinks so little of these superheroes that he just tosses it aside. He knows, I only have to toss it five feet. They're not going to get it. They're terrible superheroes. He gives up as soon as that happens. Yeah. Like, Green Lantern's like, well, I can't do anything. And what does fire do? Now, this is a bit of a trick question because fire and Adam are together for this entire sequence because he shrinks down. I can't remember. Well, this entire climax is happening. They keep cutting back to Fire and Adam, and Adam is riding on Fire's shoulder as she flies around, and neither of them do a goddamn thing. <laughs> that's that's why I couldn't remember. That's right. They, it's a funny scene because they're flying. and Yeah, and where are they flying to? I think they're just flying to go get an ice cream or something. They're just like flying around, watching watching what's going on, having a good time. That's that's funny. That's Yeah. Anyways, but but the, the main point of the scene is Ice finally gets control of her powers in the the nick of time as the uh what is it a tidal, tidal wave. wave comes comes towards the shore yeah and she freezes it on the edge of the city saving them all that's it 
I mean, if what a what a weird show. Like it ends now. She gets sworn into the Justice League. We get a brief shot of the weatherman being arrested, but they didn't like confiscate his laser necklace, so he's breaking out of his handcuffs because there's a villain we need to bring back. Well, I like that. They they they, they teased that they're gonna bring this villain back, this non-villain with no motivations and he's not scary at all and they're like you know what i think we're gonna we want to leave this open the chance that people are gonna want more of the weatherman like yes so he 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 they imply he he gets to escape yeah and i mean that that kind of wraps up the show i mean i I won't lie we've skimmed over a lot of it but like you're not missing anything it's this show is just madness every single thing that you can think didn't work on this show nothing worked and, and you could see why they shelved it and they didn't want anyone to see it because it's another way of describing it would be they gave a bunch of money to like 10 year olds and told them to make a TV show. And this is what what they made. Yeah. I mean, I, I, we didn't get into it too much and I only did a little bit of looking into it, but I like I looked at the writers of this show and I mean, God bless them. I'm sure they're perfectly good people, but they've written a bunch of kids movies which is fine but one of them is like went off and was like worked on house and is writing for the good doctor now like real serious drama and part of me was just like how dare you how dare (laughs) you after writing this movie continue to be making television but even though that writer was just in the writing room just like rubbing their temples being like oh what, what do i do and like i don't know i'll just have the atom fly on her back i don't know i i honestly i cannot wrap my head around what the original script of this must have looked like it's impossible yeah so anyways that's justice league of america and we watched it so you don't have to and again i couldn't recommend not watching it it's not one of those so bad it's good like you'll have a fun time watching it it's just bad and you'll feel angry at yourself for the time you've wasted watching it which i think both of us do yeah i mean i feel like if I, you told me as I was watching this, this was the dream I was having before I died, it would make <laughs> a lot of sense. Like that's just, it was just like, how is any of this real? So what, what do you, what do you give this out of 10? <laughs> I mean, there is a morbid curiosity around this show and I vaguely feel like I want to raise it just for the insanity that this exists. But I, it's so, I, I do feel bad i feel like someone tried to pull something over on me so i'm giving it a zero (laughs) i'm i'm gonna i'm gonna be a little bit more fair i'm giving it a one out of (laughs) ten man i honestly there's a part (laughs) of sorry i'm sorry i picked this no it's okay there's a part of my brain that's just like it's so weird don't you need to give it a better mark and i'm like and then a part of me is just like that's what they want. That's what the government wants. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm paranoid. I'm paranoid about this. So it's got a real solid score of a 0.5 from the two of us. <laughs> Oof, Justice League of America. Get out of here. And here's, here's the silver lining, though. Everything from this point we watch will be better than this show. Yeah. This makes a tech war look like, I, I don't know, I'm trying to think of a, like, gone with the wind, you know? Tech war is The Sopranos. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. In comparison. Well, I mean, this is actually a good thing to say here. I think, um, you know, we've done some shows that haven't been maybe our favorite or have maybe not always been like the best. And I'm not saying this next one's going to be the greatest, but we're going to one that I think was good. I think this was a good show 
that maybe was unfairly canceled. Um, so next week we're going to start watching Space Above and Beyond. And I don't know anything about this. But it's funny. I was at a party last weekend and uh, talking to a friend of mine and uh, we were talking about the podcast because, <laughs> you know, why would I not talk about this podcast at a party? And uh, he, I mentioned that, that we were going to be doing this uh, Space Above and Beyond. And he was like, oh, I watched that. I really like the show. So you have told me that you liked it when you were younger. He told me he liked it when he was younger. So I'm, I'm very hopeful for this. And again, there's no way it's going to be as bad as Justice League. So if I can watch that, I can, I can get through anything. Absolutely. Um, so fingers crossed for next week. They were off to some uh, new territory. But in the meantime, if you want to talk to us about Justice League, if you Justice League of America, not regular Justice League, we won't talk about that. But I don't 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 write us about Justice League of America. I don't want to talk about it. Any. We've, we've done enough, I think. All right. If you want to tell Jordan why Ice is the best character in the DC universe, please email us at continuumdrag at gmail.com. And of course, if you follow us on Instagram or Twitter at continuumdrag, there will definitely be some great gifts from this show. Literally all you need to watch of this show. So it will make it seem much funnier than the show actually is. Oh, man. That's the thing. I feel like if you had just shown me a series of gifts of this show, I'd been like, whoa, what a great show. <laughs> yeah, I know. But it's not. It's not. Well, Jordan, um, it has been very fun finding out what the bottom of the barrel looks like. Mm-hmm. Yep. And that this is it. It's going to be really hard for a show, and this might be a new goal, for a show to be as bad as this is. Because I don't know how it's possible. No, I don't know. That's that's a good that's a good point. Will anything ever be worse than Just League of America? Tune in next week to find out. <laughs> we'll see you then. See you then. Continuum Drag is recorded at Astrolab Studios in Toronto, Ontario. Theme music by James Rick Seedler. Produced by Jordan Delick and Luke Black. Special thanks to Adam Wheatner, Jeff Hanley, Emily Carter, and Dwayne Wright. <laughs>